We support our local team and our local brewery, Phantom Brewery, and they've decided to support us back and you guys by offering a 10% off code EPR10 when used on their website, phantombrew.com will get you 10% off anything you order this season. That code again, EPR10. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, hello, hello. If you're joining us for an Elm Park Royals preview podcast, sponsored by Phantom Brewing Company, you're in the right place because we're here to preview the Borough game that's happening this weekend at the Select Car Leasing Mega Cathedral Dome. And to preview that match, I am joined by the Reading Chronicles' very own James Earnshaw. Hello, James. You right, Jacob? How are you? I'm all right. I hear that you've just been out for a uh, a bite to eat with with Paul Mann. Yeah, cheeky beverage. Only a half there as I was driving. Uh, oh, well, but they are very responsible. Nice, nice way of spending an hour for uh, lunch uh, from the uh, you know finger to the bone of work. Nice mm. hour in the sun. Well, that's it. I mean, you've got to work work hard, play hard. You know, and on the <laughs> on the Live subject fast, of die young. Absolutely, or die young. And in in relation to both those things, both you know, playing hard and also die young. I suppose we we better talk about what happened at the Medeski Stadium midweek because it's it's no exaggeration to say that the majority of people are saying it's one of the best performances from Reading in recent years. I'm talking, of course, about that surprise yet fully deserved three nil Tonkin of previously unbeaten Blackburn Rovers, who are tipped to do big things this season. But the headline being, Reading have got got a, a fantastic win, and it's poor. I mean, you were there, James. Talk us through it. Oh, we absolutely blitzed them from the first minute to the last. I mean, I think they had the first shot with Brereson Diaz, but it was nowhere near even testing. And then just our pressing, our energy, our decision-making on the ball. I mean, they just couldn't get out for... More or less 90 minutes. I mean, they had a 10-minute spell after the second half where they came out and, you know, as you'd expect, and arguably a penalty turned away. But, I mean, arguably so did we. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. But, no, that's by far the best performance, well, you know, without question under Paul Lintz and probably best performance pre-COVID other than potentially the the win over Bournemouth uh, that we had behind closed doors. I mean, it all just just seemed to click, didn't it? I mean, it's it. You know, we from what I saw, we looked really, really tenacious and a bit gutted to have not been there, to be honest. And you know, it finally seems that whatever Ince is is trying to instill within the squad, just we we saw real green shoots of that. And what a way to respond to that four nil drubbing against Rotherham at the weekend. So, well, yeah, that that was the important thing was the performance after Rotherham. I mean, you know, we would have been expected to lose to Blackburn, you know, so. Going out there expecting a result wasn't, you know, in the in the thoughts of many fans. But the, you know, the fans deserved a performance after what was pretty shambolic on Saturday, and you know, we got that and then some. Thing is, though, that's now got to be the standard. You know, not obviously every week can't play that every week, but we know yeah. the players have got it in them now. So it's just up to them to to sort of try and aspire for that every week, or at least every other week if we got a midweek. You know, because we've yeah. got such a thin squad at the minute. Well, it's a real statement performance, and. You know, at, at the time of recording, we're somehow flying high in eighth position in mm. the league. In contrast to our opponents for the weekend, Borough, who are still waiting for their first win. But just to wrap up talking about Wednesday very quickly. So many standout performances and it looks like Mamadou Loom, new arrival from Porto, is forming quite a nifty partnership now with Tyrese Fauna, who was playing in a more advanced, you know, free role. 
who were the standouts for you, James? Who really caught your eye? Because there were so many good performances all around mm. the pitch. Uh, I thought it was important, obviously, for Lumley um, to you know get back. He had he made a really good save, but one 0 down to keep it one one. Um, other than that, he wasn't really tested, but it was important that he you know got himself out there in front of the fans, put Saturday aside, and, and got on with the job in hand and did that more than comfortably. It's just a shame he won't be playing on Saturday. Um, what with the loan rule. McIntyre had a really solid game because you know he was targeted a lot on his side against Rotherham and you know arguably was was caught a bit short but you know he was got his goal and you know, looked very assured. The whole midfield just seemed to click. Um, the fact that Hendrick was probably the I don't want to say worst but not the best in the midfield and still got a seven seven or an eight out of ten. I mean you know it all clicked in that midfield. Um, and Tom Ince just for his sheer determination and running. I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen a man cover the ground. Like Tom Instead, I mean, he was never going to get half the balls that were pumped up towards him. But it didn't stop him and Shane Long, which you know, you, you know what you're going to get from Shane. But Tom Ince as well. I mean, they were both worked so hard. I mean, again, it, it was a perfect performance. We were solid at the back, created chances at will going forward, and arguably should have had four, five, and six with the two cleared off the line. And Tom Ince had a few that he sort of played, threaded through, and just had too much on for for the good shots to come off. But no, I I wouldn't want to pick out individuals you know there's solid sort of chunks in each midfielder defense and attack as a unit they're all on top form and somebody who came off the bench to mark their return from injury with a goal was Lucas Zhao and it's fair to say we've we've missed him but also rumors swirling on the Twitter today mm. that West Brom might have been sniffing around him but you don't necessarily think those rumors hold any water do you James uh, I personally don't know. I mean, obviously, the, the rumor was that they've they've um, registered interest. I mean, half the league should be registering interest in Michelle. <laughs> He's a good striker. You know, everyone should aspire. If they've got a bit of money, they should. You know, it's a good thing for Reading is that people are now looking at our players again. You know, after years of having dross and no one wanting them, people want our players now. Um, I just can't see West Brom finding the money um, to pay either a ludicrous amount, which is what the owners would want. Um, Zhao seems happy, he seems content, he's scoring goals, he's just come back from injury, so I don't see him pushing for a move. Um, so, yeah, I, ju I just think we'll let him run his course, and I can't see him staying any longer than this season, but providing he scores enough goals to keep us up this year, I think he'll he'll leave with the best wishes of, of most Reading fans and you know say thank you for, for the year's service, but I, I don't see him moving this window, not unless someone's got a plan as to what they do with with whatever wages that frees up. I mean, obviously, Saar, um, talk of a left-back. And then, you again, you would then need another striker because Shane Long can't play every week. And um, if Puskas isn't willing to budge, um, you still need a, a third sort of sole striker. So, um, no, I, I think it's... I, I think West Brom should be looking at someone like Lucas Shaw, but I, I don't see any way in which Reading sell uh, at the minute. Yeah, his, his goals are worth their weight in goal mm. to us. And if he can, if those goals can keep us above the dotted line this season, then happy days. And especially when, you know, there's been prior interests from abroad in the form of, you know, Besiktas offered quite good money for him. You know, any offer would have to just blow mm. it out of the water as far as having to make a decision is concerned. So, yeah, it's nice to see him, you know, scoring on his return. Paul Ince is clearly pleased to have him back with the group and providing competition to Long again. He's done excellently whilst he's been out. Uh, oh, by the way, just before we move on, another very good reason for Lucas Zhao not going anywhere is Mark Bowen at the Star um, mm. Forum the other day was, you know, very, very keen to stress that 
Well, he said um, when we spoke to him before the season was started, he said he's not going anywhere. You know, he's too important to Reading and it would take a massive offer. And even then, you know what dies like with players. You know, there is, mm. I think the quote Bowen said was there is babies. You know, you don't sell mm. your babies. Uh, we've seen down the years, arguably where that's gone wrong and where Dyes should probably have sold his metaphorical babies. Um, but <laughs> I, I, th- I think Zhao is one that you don't, I mean, I've seen that whole injury sort of thing pop up on Twitter, people saying, yeah, you know, if you can get someone in that's going to play more mm. games. But just the lift you can see he brings to the crowd and, and the teammates. And he's got that little bit of magic that can create something out of nothing that the rest of the team just don't have. So for me, it's a big cross against relegation or sort of dropping down if we don't have him because you're not going to be able to replace him for nothing. No. And, you know, with us needing the money to register incomings like Navi Saab, we need to get that money from elsewhere and, and not Jao really because there's still question marks hanging over. Puskas's mm-hmm. future seems to have been linked to every single team in Italy, Italy at this point. Genoa, Como. Um, it's, yeah, that, in, in terms of the team sheet for the weekend, like we were going to move on to talking about, I mean, we'd like to see Navi Saab sign in, in time for, for Saturday, but it's unlikely to happen, but there's going to be a couple more changes to the team, regardless, like you've touched upon mm. with, with Lumley. Dean Bizanis is going to come in. Do you reckon there are more likely to be many other changes? Do you reckon Zhao's done enough for a start or does he just want to play it um, safe? It's an interesting one because Zhao hadn't trained a minute until he played on Wednesday, um, which was bold, but, you know, Ince went up to him on on uh, the day of the game and said, you know, are you fit where if we need you for 10 minutes trailing, would you be able to, to do a shift? And he was willing You'd like to think now he's obviously probably trained. I don't know if they'd have trained yesterday or today. Probably yesterday. Um, you know, at the, at the very least, he'll be on the bench, I'd imagine, unless, God forbid, he's done something else. Mm. Um, Shane Long is just sort of the miracle man that, despite being 35, just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. But um, Int said on Wednesday that he just got to a point where he said he, he had nothing else to give in that game. He, he, he was shot. Um, so whether you potentially start a Kelvin or, or a Zhao and give them a half, 60 minutes and then bring Long on, you know, sort of the inverse of what happened on Wednesday, maybe just to give Long that extra bit of recovery. Um, but other than that, I don't see many changes. There's not many we can make. Um, yeah. Scott Dan's back in training. Um, they reckon he's still about 10 days away. Um, so I don't think we'll see him until after the international, uh, until after the transfer window. Sam Hutchinson's meant to be back in training from after the game Wednesday. So probably today or yesterday if not Monday at the very minimum. So even if we do wait a while for Saab, we have defensive reinforcements there. Um, it's mainly the left-back for me that's... But again, you know, Nesta's improving game on game. Mm. It's great to see him and Fauna visibly improve week on week. You can see what, what they're doing and, and they're getting better. But you still need that out-and-out first-choice left-back, which you know I think everybody knows Nesta isn't going to be. So more so than Saar, arguably, I'd say, is you know the important position is, is getting that left-back in. It's really interesting because even though we have got tons of injuries and, you know, only a couple of games ago we were talking about shipping four goals to Rotherham. If you look at that performance midweek, the defence looked quite good. And, you know, the, it's it's funny. I saw somebody comment on Twitter. I wish I could remember who. The likes of Tom Holmes, they either have a brilliant game mm. or they're not on it at all. And it's funny because even though we got players to come in like Sam Hutchinson and Scott Dan, when the defence clicks, it's it does look quite nifty. So, so I would be wary of like of j- juggling the, the names around on the team sheet 
too much. I know, like yeah. you say, there's a limit to what we can do for Borough, but looking forward, it's going to be really interesting to see what long-term shape that defence takes, to be honest, especially with the likes of a Premier League left-back coming in. Well, it's, know, it's got the main one. Sorry, the main one you've got to do is get Yeardom out of that defence uh, yeah. central Agreed. role and get him out wide, which then obviously leaves a space um, for either Dan or Hutchinson to go in alongside um, uh, McIntyre and, and Holmes if you're sticking with the five, which it looks like they're trying to do all the three. Um, that, that, that's the main thing of the shape. But yeah, other than that, I mean, they've, you know, as, as the, the four you'd hope is a blip. I mean, we won't know for a few weeks yet. But hmm. other than that, Cardiff, they looked pretty solid. Blackpool, you know, they had two chances the one they scored from and one they hit the post from. Other than that, we probably should have nicked something in the second half at the very least. So, you know, despite the, the lack of squad depth and, and sort of on paper, what you would say is the relatively weak squad in comparison to the rest of the league. I think the players in the, in the squad can more, you know, can, can have their heads held high. Um, I think with with two hands tied behind their back and with blindfolds on, uh, I think mm. they've done pretty good to to get what they've got out on the pitch. And fingers crossed, there's what three or two or three more to get over the line yeah. in the next couple of weeks and see where we are in September. Yeah, with limited resources, somehow we're eighth in the table, and it's the first time we've we've won a game by more than one goal for you know we're talking months if not years. So. In, con- in contrast to that, we've got Borough, who were tipped for big things prior to the season, are still expected to do well and are likely to be in the mix for the playoffs at the very least. They're still waiting for their first win. They were absolutely robbed against Stoke midweek, should have won that game by two or three goals, but were denied by an equaliser in stoppage time to draw two all. They're a team that in previous seasons, have been quite a handy defensive proposition and haven't scored too many goals and were let down by their forwards a bit last year. This season, they're shipping more goals, but also scoring more goals, which makes it quite a tantalising prospect for the weekend. Mm. How do you see that one going, James? Because Redigan coming into this confident and you know having seen off a very strong team in, in Blackburn... If Borough don't win on the weekend, that's five wins without uh, five games without a win. Mm. So you know, where, what way is it going to go for you? Uh, can I say a draw? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, what yeah. I'm saying. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Borough is such a they're, they're a very dangerous prospect because obviously you look at their league position, which I don't think many people do at this stage of season anyway. But you look and see they've not won yet, and maybe some might think, oh, you know, there's a chance here, but. On paper, there's still a really strong squad, and I know for a fa- I know that Chris Wilder is still desperate to get more in in the door. They're nowhere near finished with sort of the incomings, um, so I think it's more just a case of biding their time while they can until they've got a, a comfortable squad that Wilder might. You know, managers are never happy, are they? They always want a bit more, but until you're more content with getting in, sort of the players that you want to bring in. But mm-hmm. now Middlesbrough are always a dangerous team to play against, and I still think a draw would be a very very good result for Reading. Yeah, I agree. It's it's especially uh, daunting the fact that you know they already had quite they they already had excellent players on paper and they've strengthened some with the likes of Ryan Giles on loan from Wolves, mm. who's you know one of the best fullbacks in the league. Play a similar shape to us. Um, I'm also going to go for a draw because their games are high scoring, our games are high scoring. It just makes sense for me. I would not be surprised to see it be a one all or a two all draw. So. That's my Mystic Meg bold take for the week. <laughs> and uh, I haven't got one right yet this season. So, you know, this this might be this might be the fixture. We never know. But 
Are you uh are you working the game on the weekend? Are you gonna be up in the press box? Yep, yeah, I'll be at the game on Saturday. Looking forward to it for once. Yeah. Well, not for once, but it's good to, <laughs> good to look, it's good to look forward to going back to matches again. Because you know, I must yeah. admit there has, has been a few times where you think, Oh god, here we go again. But uh, the life of a football fan. Yeah, and, and especially when if you look at the atmosphere in recent games, the, the atmosphere at home is has been electric and well, yeah, that was a hope. weird thing. It was such a low. I mean, I saw eleven thousand on BBC, but I've heard from mm. sources that it was, you know, they were expecting under nine. So, I mean, that's got to be mm. one of our lowest crowds of of the last few years, regardless of it being a midweek. But that is the loudest I've heard from Manchester in a yeah. long time. Yeah, so Saturday or no Saturday. So, uh, mm. you know, if they can carry on bringing their singing voices, I'm doing my bit from the press box. Probably, pissing, <laughs> probably upsetting every away journal, but you know. I don't care. You're on my territory now, and uh, I want Red to win. If you see James being a hooligan from high up in the <laughs> the, the press box on the weekend, please send all of your complaints to at Elm Park Royals <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, James. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks and, for having uh, me. No, you know, you're very welcome. You can come back anytime. Well, you know, I say anytime. <laughs> you're going to be on a rotation with the Reading Post, but. Um, after the break, we're going to be joined very excitingly by Johnny from the Borough Breakdown. So stick around for that. Thanks to Phantom Brewing Co. for sponsoring us. And shout out to Blue Collar, where James just had lunch with Paul. <laughs> See you in a bit. Join us after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back after the break. I'm now joined by a man from one of my favourite breakdowns, the Borough Breakdown. <laughs> Not like, you know, an emotional wow. breakdown or a total like financial breakdown. No, it's it's like in, in a list of my top three favourite breakdowns, the Borough Breakdown's right up there. Uh, hi, Johnny. How are you doing? I'm very good, man. Thank you for that. I mean, I didn't know where that was going when you were talking about But I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. I'm doing really well. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm still riding the, the crest of a wave from us wave, yeah. somehow doing doing Blackburn 3 0 on like midweek. I mean, after, I mean, it's, it's the most reading thing in the world to go and lose 4 0 to relegation threatened Rotherham and then follow it up with a 3 0 win against unbeaten Blackburn. But you know, it's just the way it goes with us. We're a weird club. We're a weird yeah. club. Uh, talking about your club and also breakdowns, I want. Can, can you just tell us what happened with you guys against Stoke midweek? Because you, you oh. looked set for your first win of the season, and then what happened? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how we didn't win. Um, we were brilliant, honestly, Jake. We were absolutely outstanding. Um, they're obviously Stoke's first goal should have been a foul on Jones. Referees even admitted that it's a foul now, so that's even more salt in the wounds. Um, but I think we played off the park, really dominant, really good. Um, good in possession, creating full of chances, didn't put them all away, switch off for a, a mini second, and you get punished, don't you? So, um, yeah, it's a shame we, we didn't win. But what I would say is there's been obviously the game against Stoke was more full in terms of quality. There's been quality parts of our game um, in every game that we've played this season. We look really good going forward, even without the 
the main strikers that we're looking to bring in. Um, and we're also about 70% the way there in terms of squad depth and where we want to be uh, towards the end of the season. But yeah, just <laughs> I remember speaking to a couple of Stoke fans afterwards um, <laughs> on, on, on Twitter and then, you know, doing some like voice notes for, for people. But good God. Uh, I, I just, I just, you know, when you just sit there and you go and you change your score, well, that's that's just typical more of that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we, no, but on the bright side, we do look good, we do look good. a bit shaky at the back at the minute, but you know, we'll fix it and uh, hopefully we we do that on Saturday because I, I need a win, mate. I can't, I can't be, I can't have this heartache any longer. Yeah, like five games in without a win would, would, would yes. put you in sort of starting to worry, Toshi. but it sounds like you're not too worried so far because even though you know you got your three draws and a, and a loss today and also like us got unceremoniously dumped out of the league cup as well but you know we're not bothered about that but um so i'm um, side note by the way as well um stoke not popular reading fans at the moment because they nicked josh Lawrence from us in the summer as well so you know mm. but that's what instead of bashing on stoke i mean let's um looking forward to the weekend you, you're talking about not having the striking options really in place yet. You might well do come the weekend because it sounds like you're in for um, a Brazilian lad from Fulham. Um, yeah, Rodrigo ne- Munis. That's yeah. him. Tell us tell us a little about him because I've seen a couple of Borough fans talking quite excitedly about him. Um, I've been mostly pulling some analysis on him anyway for like our lowdown shows where we dissect like the, the player and how, what strengths he can bring. Um, it's a bit of a strange one, to be honest. Um you know, he could have signed for us last season and then opted to go to Fulham, which I think rightly so at the time because, you know, good manager, Marco Silva, the style fitted in really well. And we had Neil Warnock as manager. So, um, again, it was kind of like, well, although Warnock is establishing the championship, that is not going to fit a five foot nine Brazilian um, on a long ball, is it? So, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, we've been tracking him for a while. Um, is he going to be incredible I'm not too sure obviously we need to watch more of him but he had a, a good he was good off the bench for for, for Fulham last season he's quite very, he's quite similar to Andros Sparrow in terms of stats you know an XG like underperforming on that side of things but Sparrow was way worse um and you know he contributes more in, in the box and I think he'll, that's where he'll score most of his goals and I think that's where we'll fit a lot of our strikers what we're seeing this year with, with Marcus Force coming in the coming in the building um Porch is in the box. I think that's kind of where we should be looking to improve hard working as well. And yeah, look, he's, he's going to come in and, and hopefully it could be a good signing for us. We're still going to be in the market for another one. Um, and then we might see the likes of Duncan Watmore leave the club or, or Josh Coburn go out on loan. Um, and then we'll have probably Tuba Akpom, who has just came from absolutely nowhere from being out the cold and, and flourished since he's came back at the team. Mm. We'll have Moonis, Matthew Hoppy, and then uh, Marcus Foss, which will probably lead the line from there. But um, yeah, we, we want to have options. We need the firepower, um, but we're, we're showing that already because you know we're top goal scorers in the league already. Our XG is the best out of out of the league as well. We just need to fix up the defence on the other side of things. But in terms of Moonis, dribbler, portrait in the box, get the balls in, which we're doing. It could be a good sign for us. Yeah, and especially when, like Reading, if you're playing a shape that Wilder seems to favour where you've got to up top, you know, depth up there just goes a long way. And to have a lot of players with different attributes that complement each other. You um, you touched upon Chuba Akpom. He's one that, yeah. he's your top scorer so far, like you say, coming out the cold, started, started yeah. bagging again. Is yeah. there a question mark over his fitness for the weekend? Because I saw that, you yes. know, is, is he going to be fit? Is he not going to be fit? 
Um, so by the time we're recording this, I'm missing uh, Wilder's press conference, so I don't really know. But I think it <laughs> was. Um, uh, but it's. Um, I think it was fifty-fifty. Um, mm. You know, it's. Uh, it's. Akpom's in, interesting because you know when we signed on Neil Warnock, I think he was signed over over like because of YouTube videos, as Warnock would famously said. Um, which I don't think there was the case whatsoever. We definitely were looking at him, and we were looking further ahead than than, than Warnock. And there was always quality there with, with Akpom. You don't go through all of Arsenal's academy and be really really good and promising, and then just fall flat. Um, mm. I think he he's shown parts of his game which he really brings in he brings other players into play he's good good on a strike and I think what we're starting to see more of he's been in the right place at the right time and that's a really good knack to have um and you know I'm, I'm hoping he sticks around because you know the, there is the chance that he could potentially leave you know one year left on his contract um and you know he was looking to leave in the summer um but we somehow turned it around and he's playing uh he's 50 50 probably for the game if he's not going to play we might see Mills would play a uh, three-five-one-one with Riley Agree mm-hmm. just behind uh, Marcus Force or Duncan Watmore, um, and then that that will also works really well because you have more of a floater in in um, in Riley McGree who will just go in between the lines, try and cause a bit a few problems and create the space for Watmore to run through. So um, yeah, there's we've got options a little bit there, um, but it's fifty-fifty for Akpom, I think. There are other players that, from a Reading perspective, are going to worry fans anyway because. I was actually, in preparation for this, I was reading through the preview that uh, I think another one of your presenters, Dana Malt, wrote for the Tarlest End, the, the other yeah. Reading blog. And um, she was saying that a player that's really excited like her since signing is Ryan Giles, uh, fullback, um, who uh, has terrorised us in the past when he was playing for for Blackburn. He's He's got an eye for a cross. And and if you're looking at the strengths of a, of a wilder team, you know, the fullbacks really thrive in that kind of formation and shape and system. So have you been just as impressed with Giles so oh, far? And Jacob, I love him. I love him. I think if I found, <laughs> if I found, if I found him in bed with my missus, I'd tuck him in and give him a kiss on the head. I just, he's... <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Um, I'm so surprised they've let him go out on loan again. Um, I think this is his fourth loan in a row now. When we talked to a Championship club, and for me, it, well, I remember on our preview show we we that we were saying, "Oh, which players should Bora look at?" And then Ryan Giles was on that list, and we we're like, "Look, let's see if we can get him on a permanent," because um, I can't see them letting him go. But yeah, he has came out on loan, and wow, wow, what a wand of a left left peg. Um, yeah, really good, really good cross at the box. Very, very attacking. I think that's where you, you might find a bit of a weakness in Borough because with our wing backs now, we're very we bomb forward, and if we have a lot of mm. possession, we try to pin the wing backs back, and that leaves us prone to a counter attack where most teams have caught us this season um, on 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 the, on the break. And yeah, wow, just just wow. To be honest, is probably the best thing I can say. Um, he's I mean our best player so far this season. Um, and also, Isaiah Jones on that right-hand side, it's took a lot of pressure off him as well. And I think that's a good thing because it's a second season for him in terms of breaking through, being really good last year. And then this year, there's going to be more pressure on him. So having Giles on that left, it, one, it gives us balance. And then two, it takes pressure off Jones. And yeah, wow. He just, uh, just, just wow, Jacob. I, I, honestly, it's going to break my heart if we don't sign him on a permanent, to be honest. I will... You say don't fall in love with a lone player, don't they? But I think I am. So it's uh, hmm. it's quite difficult on that front. But we'll we have we have the exact same thing in Berkshire at the moment, where you know, on the subject of never falling in love with a lone, uh, in love with a lone e, we've had Mamadou Loom come in from Porto, 
uh, who's this statuesque, like big defensive midfielder. And like I can already tell I'm gonna be gutted when he leaves because he's just he's just run it since coming in for us. So you never never fall in love, never fall in love full stop, you know. Like it just yeah. with <laughs> um it's we're back to talking about breakdowns, aren't we? Um right. So fullback wise, we've talked about where your strengths lie. Um, yes. We're very jealous of the likes of Giles, by the way, because at the moment, um, in the absence of of many options for us, we're having to play the likes of Junior Hoylet at, at fullback or oh, wingback, who is um, just not that kind of player, really. But, you know, to be fair, he's, he's coming up with the goods for us too. So all of this then kind of boils down to your hopes moving forward for the season, because I've been hearing people tip Borough for promotion. I think a lot of Borough fans are going to be disappointed if you don't finish in the playoffs this season or close to what about you, Johnny? Like, if you were to put your money where where your mouth is and think, okay, this is where we're finishing the season. What are we thinking for Borough? I do think playoffs. I do think um, there's just there's quality there with the manager. We appreciate we, we're not finished in in the in the summer in terms of business, and then also I think it might trickle into January a little bit as well. But we've got quality there. We've shown that we can we can be a really good team. Um, just a little bit off it at the minute, you know. I think a few, a bit of fine uh, tweaking here and there. We'll be off to the races. So I'm going to say playoffs. Um, there's a lot, obviously. There's a lot of people saying, "Oh, boy, we're going to finish top." We've got Chris mm. Wilder, but no one looked at our squad at the time, and we we had nothing there. So it was like, well, look, I don't know where you're getting that from, but I'll take it. Um, but yeah, I think playoffs. If I if I'd gone to my head, I'd definitely say playoffs, and I think we'll, and hopefully we can avenge that loss at. Uh, Wembley, we've never won at Wembley, so it's a good time to do it. So uh, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't mind the a, few, a couple hundred million and breaking our, I'll break our Wembley duck. Uh, honestly, playoffs for Reading is is, is a dirty word because I think we still hold the record. I think with Sunderland for most playoff finals ever lost. <laughs> I think we're up to four. I think we we've lost four playoff finals. So like, if you know, better you than us, Johnny. But so. What Chris Wilder then? He's done a transformative job with you guys in the short time that he's he's been there. He's still like he's he's the man, right? He's you're going places with him. Are you, are you pleased with the job he's done? You got to be right. Yeah, absolutely. You know when we where we were under under Neil Warnock, it, it kind of felt like the players outgrew him, and also it was a case of his his tactics were a bit dated at times, and it was frustrating to watch. You know, he, Warnock did a really good job keeping us up. I remember the game at, at Reading where uh, Robert scored and that was kind of the game where we were pretty much safe um, and it meant a lot to us as a team because we were in free fall and, you know, he, he could only take us so far and we need someone to come in and really revolutionise the club um, and we've done that with uh, Kieran Scott coming in the building, head of like head of football. He We've changed from a team that in a club that We'll chop. We'll have a really bad t- like crossover of players. To this is going to be our style moving forward. It's only going to change. The only thing that's going to change is a manager, and the players will probably keep the same, you know, and try and build the style and identity from that instead of just a manager. But Wilders came in, and it's exactly what we want from fan as a fan perspective. You know, a good attacking football. We look really good, hard working. We were defensively sound last season. Um, this year not so much. Um, but we create a lot of chances, and I think it's just that we got we got let down by bad strikers last year. Um, and hopefully this year, if we get it right, you know, it's we can really progress throughout the season. He definitely is the right man. He's definitely the man to take us forward, and hopefully we can have him long term because he's a real gem, like a real gem. We we managed to speak to him a, a couple of weeks ago at a, at a fan event, and 
just everything that he said just around like how his standards are, um, how he wants to set his team to play, what football and what the club will mean to him and, and everything like that. So mm. he's got the CV. He's shown it at Borough uh, quite a lot. And I'm hoping he's the man to take us forward for the next few years as well, because I think we've got a real gem in Chris Wilder. Yeah, it's a really impressive bloke from an outsider's perspective looking in. Like I've always like looked very enviously and thought, cool, he could do a job with us if we weren't such a basket case of financial <laughs> mismanagement. But but like honestly, Johnny, it's you know, it's it's a it's a bit of a circus. But then equally we had a um a fans forum the other week as well, and a lot of people who are at that, you know, are are cautiously optimistic for the future with us too. But I, I don't know, it's it's going to be an interesting one on the weekend because you're looking for your first win. Mm. Uh, Reading are off the back of a very unexpected 3-0 but, the result, but a welcome one, like a result which Paul Ince was saying, right, this is the real us. And we were tenacious and scrappy and looked lively in that game. And then equally, you've said that the, the price you're maybe paying for a better attack this season is maybe a slightly diminished defence. So it's all, mm. it's all set up for a really intriguing contest. Let's talk score predictions because... You're on top as far as it comes to uh, head-to-head results. I think Borough have won four of our last six encounters. Uh, we drew one with you and and won another back in 2021 when you were down to 10 men. It's um, it's one which I'm not entirely optimistic about just because, like you say, you, d- you don't want to go five games without a win. I'm going to say it's going to be a score draw. You like a score draw. I think you've drawn your last two games two all. So... Um, <laughs> What about you, Johnny? But how how are you feeling? Um, I think we'll be really hungry for it. I, I really do. I think we're going to be really up for it. Um, see, this is going to sound really optimistic, but I'm going to say three 0 at the Borough. Oof. I just think I know, I know it's bold. That isn't it. That is really bold. Um, I just, I, 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 I know, it sounds bad that that could be a meme very soon. But um, we're yeah, clipping I, it up as we speak. Our, our the EPRLs are, are like clipping it and I'm putting it on our Twitter. Yeah, um, but. No, we have to put in a result. We we have to really put in a good performance, get a result, and just kickstart things. Now, um, I think we will do that. We should have beat Stoke four five one. To be honest, mm. the amount of chances we created. Um, I think if Redden sit off, probably one of the worst things you can do. Try and attack us. Try and cause the wing backs problems. Try and pin us back from that front. Um, and try and get crosses in the box because that's where our weakness has been on the counter. <laughs> um, mm. but. If you let us control a game, we'll. I think we might win three 0 If not, I'm going to say it. I'm still going to say Borough win, but I think probably two <laughs> one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be over optimistic, but yeah. you know, three 0 Jake. I'm going three 0 It's all right. As as we speak, Paul Ince is printing out like um, a transcript of what he just said there and putting it on the dressing room wall to motivate <laughs> our players at, at the medeski slash select carly's in stadium so mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be a good game on the weekend i mean our, our home record's quite good i think somehow like through some weird streak of fate reading and now have the best home record in the division so far don't know how that's progress happened, Johnny, but i know progress. well when when you spank us three nil it's you know the ball's <laughs> going to come crashing down but uh, all that's left to do then is is thank you for, for coming on this preview podcast. It's been great chatting to you and getting an insight into all things Borough. You can follow the Borough Breakdown lads on Twitter at Borough underscore Breakdown. I'd recommend doing that. They are my go-to for all things Borough. So you listening at home, yes, you 
fellow Borough Breakdown, fellow Elm Park Rules, if you don't already, and yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do that, you know? Yeah. That's, that's our one. <laughs> and uh, shout out as well to Phantom Brewing Co. for sponsoring the podcast for this season. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Up the ding. Come on, you ours. See you then. Bye-bye.